Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I'm so excited for you to hear from my next guest today, Devin Erickson. Devin is a fun, darling 20-something. In this conversation, you're going to hear how she really describes herself as an old soul. And during this time of COVID, she really had time to slow down, like most of us have, and really process things, journal a little bit more, and also to learn about her strengths. And that's really had an impact on the steps that she's taken in her career. I love hearing how just her passion and her heart for a certain group of people has really been surfaced as she's taken this time to really get input and think about who she is. We know if we're young or we're old, we all really want to be doing the things that God made us for. And hopefully as you're learning about your strengths, hearing about other people's strengths, you can get a little more glimpse of like what you really love and what you want to give your efforts and your energy and time to. And if these episodes are helpful to you, it would really mean a lot if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts or rate it or also subscribe to it. That way I can know if the things that we're talking about are hitting home with you. And thank you and enjoy this time with Devin. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so excited for you to hear from my friend Devin Erickson today. She is a darling gal that I met a few years ago, and I'm excited for you to meet her. Welcome, Devin. Hi, Barbara. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you're doing and just how we first connected. Yeah. Um, gosh, it's now been five, six years um, since I met you in college. Um, I went to University of Texas and Rachel, your daughter, um, connected with me, um, actually brought me to Christ. And um, since then, um, I have been so welcomed by the whole Colwell family and Mm. have had the opportunity to get to know all of you in different ways. And um, then uh, maybe a year or so ago, it was during COVID, you mentioned um, Strength Finders and I was super interested and wanted to know more. Um, And so here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, um, it's been such a delight to, to get to know you and just wa- watch you in just the journey that you've had in your, just your walk with the Lord. And even as you graduated and just launching out into the real world. And I just appreciate so much just your, um, just your joy and your honesty. And like, I like how, when I ask you how you're doing, it's like, Oh, I hear how you're doing. And that's, <laughs> That's such a gift because a lot of times maybe that's a little harder for people to really just um, share what's going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. So I um, really enjoy the time that we get to, to connect. Um, I was thinking about, we'll get to your strengths in a minute, but even 
as I've been doing this podcast, I love talking to people about who they are and obviously understanding a little bit about their top five strengths. But I think because so many of us, I mean, all of us, we want to be the best version of ourselves to be doing um, our work or spending our time and things that that are really what we're wired for. And I think I especially like thinking about just some of the things that you've been learning over these last few years as you've been working and even making big changes in your life and your work. And I think just understanding a little bit more about your strengths might have been a little part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, yeah. So um, let me um, tell me what your top five strengths are. Okay. So um, top is empathy, context, developer, arranger, and intellection. So it's a lot of the green, um, which is the reflection sort of quadrant. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm in my head a lot. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, let's, let's kind of back up and start with kind of like what you were doing when you graduated and then um, kind of how your work, how you enjoyed your work, what what was maybe challenging in New York mm-hmm. City and a little bit about that. And then we'll kind of kind of tap into what your strengths are and how that kind of has been a bit of an insight, insightful time for you with that. Yeah. So what were you doing in New York City? Yeah. So I graduated um, from Texas and I was a corporate communications major, a real estate minor. Um, and a family friend said, you know, you'd be really great at commercial real estate. And I didn't know anything about it. um, But I did know that it was primarily male dominated, um, which was something that I didn't really care about, or I didn't subscribe to like wanting to, you know, go and fight the power at all. But it was something that I was like, hmm, maybe there's an opportunity for me to you know, to make an impact. So I applied to a bunch of commercial real estate positions all over the country, actually. Um, And I had never once been to New York before they called me and asked me if I wanted to to fly to New York for an interview. And so I said, sure. And (laughs) I said, you know, I've never been there. You're going to need to make sure that I'm staying as close to the, the office as possible because I don't know the, you know, which way is up there. And so they got me the um, the hotel across the street from the office and I showed up and it went really well. And um, so I um, came on as an analyst, basically uh, part of the rotational program of Cushman and Wakefield, um, which was amazing. And I worked um, in all kind of aspects of commercial real estate. I rotated through kind of every kind of service you could possibly think of. Um, and it was their America's headquarters. So I really got exposure to, you know, the top dogs in commercial real estate, which was really exciting, um, really intense, very high pressure. Um, I definitely didn't know that I was going to be sort of thrown into, you know, you're wearing a blazer and heels every day. I <laughs> uh, oh. didn't plan for that. Um, but it's kind of where I ended up. And I was working, you know, across the street from Rock Center in the heart of Midtown Manhattan and it was busy and really stressful, but it was a great time. And, um, 
So that's kind of what happened for like three years or so I spent in New York City doing that. And I loved it. Um, And then actually recently, uh, maybe two months ago, I just moved to San Diego, California. So across the country. Um, And I can tell you more about it later, but I also changed my jobs. And um, that was uh, really impacted by strength finders and sort of during COVID, what I wanted to do and sort of reflecting on what my purpose was. And, you know, everyone wants to know why they're here and what they can do and what God's calling them to. Um, And frankly, in New York, I, well, A, I kind of found myself in that job, which was great, but I didn't really know. I never spent the time because no one does in New York, uh, you know, asking yourself, is this really what you want to do? And so finally, when COVID hit and I went home um, to be with my parents for quarantine, I got the chance to kind of calm my mind, be in nature, ask myself, you know, what do you want to do? Is this what you want to do? Like, is this really how you see your life going? Um, And that was a really pivotal moment for me, asking myself that. So, yep. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely a a big switch. Like you say, being in fast paced New York City and then slowing down in Georgia and just enjoying the the beautiful scenery and just the slower pace. Well, tell mm-hmm. me, like when we talked, um, I can't remember when it was, maybe April or May, you came to Austin mm-hmm. and we talked about your strengths. So tell me kind of what, what you learned as you were learning about your empathy, your context, developer, arranger, and intellection. Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, I showed up on your doorstep saying hi, <laughs> and you were like, "Hey, let's go over your strength finders." Um, no, it was great. We had dinner. I, for, we had dinner first, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, I think I'll start with the understanding of. I thought, um, I thought I was an Enneagram three. Uh, it fits the profile of someone in New York. It fit you know, go-getter. I was an athlete in college, so it kind of fit that too. If For those of you that don't know, an Enneagram 3 is the high achiever, sort of the, the person that's always going on to the next, very success-oriented. Um, mm-hmm. And I had always thought my mission in life, like sort of my motto that I would sort of lean back to is um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And that is something that I told myself since middle school. Um, and so I always thought that that meant I was an Enneagram three. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And then we started going over my strengths and my top ones, empathy. And I started thinking, hmm, this is a direct conflict of what the Enneagram three is. Because the Enneagram three is I win, you lose, or I win, I don't really care what happens to you <laughs> as long mm-hmm. as I win. And empathy is the opposite. Empathy is I want to sit in your pain. I want to understand you better. I want to make sure that you're safe and feel secure. And I feel what you feel. And that is not what the Enneagram three does. And so as soon as we started talking about strength finders, I kind of had a mental shift. And I asked myself, what fits more? You know, is it the hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard? Is it the competitor in me that's been all that's always kind of been there? But deep in my heart, is that really who I am? 
And the answer is definitely not. I'm definitely more empathetic than I am competitive. Um, so then I really wanted to know a lot more. I think it just kind of cracked a huge curiosity um, rock open. And I wanted to know everything about strength finders, my top five and everything that I could possibly know. And so through that, you know, we kind of talked about, I'm really heavy in the reflection quadrant. And that's not something that I ever got the chance to do in New York, because frankly, I didn't have enough time to think, to sit and be alone and process anything. I was go, go, go. And so I was questioning, hmm, maybe I'm more empathetic than I thought. And maybe I'm less competitive than I thought. And maybe I do need more time to think and process. Um, and so that kind of just, man, it just got me going. <laughs> that was a big shift, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, um, what about your context strength? Um, mm-hmm. I know you, when we've talked recently, you mentioned a little bit about that and even kind of context is a strength that helps um, someone likes to look back to see the history or why something was um, created or formed and kind of that the, the past really um, determines, helps determine the future or even the present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did that kind of fit with you and what you're doing and what you're doing now also too? Yeah. Um, well, the answer is the context didn't fit in my current job in New York when I was talking to you um, in your kitchen. It didn't. Mm-hmm. And so when we were going over that, I had this like sort of like just so like my heart was split because I was like, OK, I love my job um, in New York. I really like how fast paced it is. I love the exposure that I'm getting to you know corporate America and everything that comes with it. But I wasn't able to understand the past of anyone that I was really talking to because it was so fast paced, you know, and the work that we were doing was always future oriented, always next step. What are you thinking about doing your business? Like, where are you thinking about moving? You know, how can we position your port, your real estate portfolio better in five years? It was never, you know, what have you guys tried that didn't work? You know, it wasn't why, you know, why does your business need to be in this state rather than this state? We didn't really get to, I didn't really get a chance to um, use that context muscle. Um, And separately, so that, you know, I kind of realized, okay, I'm not getting that strength in my current job in the art. So that's, you know, food for thought. I'll keep that in my back pocket. But separately, I started asking myself, like, I think I'm really, and I've always felt this way, but I think I'm really an old soul, you know, quote unquote, what people always call old souls. Um, and I've always loved being around the elderly. And I like the wisdom that they have, and that they really want to bestow. And I, frankly, I don't feel like they ever really get the chance to voice their lessons learned, you know. And so I, I knew that that was something that I loved is being around the elderly, grandparents, anything. Um, So that was kind of an itch that was like left. It was, I didn't get to scratch it in New York. And then I also wasn't getting context. And so that sort of, hmm, what do I want to do about that scenario and predicament that I'm in is my current job isn't, you know, fitting context. And I love the elderly, but I'm not getting a chance to to be with them in New York. So um, yeah, it was... It was interesting. I think I, you know, the more COVID went on, the more time I had to reflect 
the the realization kind of hit me is I I need to be in a in a job and in relationships that I really understand where people are coming from and um, I know what did and didn't work about you know a business so that in the future we don't make the same mistakes and I I think that that's kind of what taught me hmm, I think I actually really want to I really want to tap into the that passion for the elderly um, because it's not just the context. It's, I feel like they, you know, they have a lot that they um, want to give that no one listens to them for. And so I just realized, okay, I might be looking at leaving the world of real estate to go into senior housing or anything to do with the elderly. I literally remember thinking, journaling to myself, you know what, I might be foregoing a lot of money, a lot of fame, whatever it is, a lot of clout, you know, Mm -hmm. in corporate America for the sake of potentially becoming a janitor in a senior home. Like I didn't even (laughs) care what the job Uh was. I was so ready to go into that, um, that that kind of, yeah, that's kind of when the shift happened after talking Mm -hmm. to you. Wow. That makes me, it, it makes me just, um, kind of teary to even think about just like with your empathy and the context. And I think it's not always that people with context have a heart for the elderly, like you mentioned, yeah. but, um, but you do. And even just the idea of context as a, as a strength is like I said, is looking at the past as a teacher of wisdom. And I think just seeing, even those, just your first two strengths of how that is so encompassed for you in really caring about the elderly, like you mentioned, and just having a heart of compassion toward people, young and old. But um, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, even you have a little more leaning toward the elderly. And that's so, I, I love thinking about that. <laughs> um, what about developer? Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's my third strength. Um, I think I have always loved to, I mean, I'm an only child, so I never really got the chance to do this within my own family unit, but I love getting to mentor, um, younger girls. Uh, and I think in New York, I kind of (laughs) took on, uh, and actually, if I back up even further, you know, on the rowing team at University of Texas, I would always end up being the, um, you know, the older girl on the team that took the younger girls out for breakfast, wanted to make sure that they were, they were okay, um, that they were getting their needs met by the team, all that good stuff. And then in New York, uh, there were some just funny times that I ended up you know, the next class that came in after my class of new hires, you know, I remember feeling like, okay, do I wear heels? Is it, is it appropriate to wear a skirt? (laughs) You know, those little tiny things that you don't want to ask someone that you don't know really well, but you, you know, it's important (laughs) Um, because you want to show up and you want to show up as your best self and make the best first impression. And I think I found myself often in New York sort of helping the younger girls, um, navigate corporate America. Um, mm-hmm. 
not in sort of like a formal HR way, but I just love mentoring. And um, I think seeing the potential that someone has and sort of helping them get there is like something that I just find thrilling. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's a joy and not a task for me. So, yeah. Well, and I imagine too, you've seen a lot of examples of people um, pouring into you or even coaches in rowing or the other things that you've done of some people do that really well and maybe some aren't as good, but probably you've had a lot of good models that you've looked to that help you as you're bringing other people along in whatever it is at work or rowing Mm -hmm. or other areas. I I love when I'm around someone that has developer because they, they encourage me and they push me forward and they're a cheerleader and we all need a cheerleader in our life. Someone that believes in us and that wants to help us take the next step or be brave to, to do something we might not have thought about. And I think I imagine just the people that you have done that for are so grateful just for your, just belief in them and helping them take the next step. Wow. Well, thanks. I don't think that I've made that much of an impact. They're normally like the smaller things that I really love helping people with, but Mm -hmm. um, thank you. I think um, I would just want to kind of bring back that, my motto growing up um, that I thought was akin to the competitive Enneagram three, uh, I'll say it again, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That actually is development. Like if you break that down, okay, yeah, that might be super competitive, but even in a normal non-competitive way, Mm -hmm. you're saying basically, as long as I'm putting in the time and the energy, it will, it will outweigh things that I naturally might do. Um, Basically saying that if you develop yourself, you will be a greater version of yourself than the person that you started out with. And so I think just putting in that time and effort is development. And so I think, um, I think that motto is just something that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life, whether I like it or not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about arranger and intellection? Arranger is a um, strength that kind of someone that has like flexibility, but um, just a, an ability to bring things together and organizing well with flexibility, mm-hmm. but um, kind of wanting to use the resources in the most effective way. And then intellection is someone that has a lot of um, deep thoughts and they, their mind is always percolating about different things, about all different kinds of topics, depending on what a person is interested in, but, um, how, what do those look like for you? Mm -hmm. Um, so arranger is something that I really tap into at work. Um, Mm -hmm. I love getting to basically rework a process into something more efficient. Um, I want to make sure that I'm helping the company move forward in very productive way. And so a lot of what this new job has looked like, it's a kind of a startup company. Um, I have loved every minute of it. It's senior housing investing. Um, And so we work with investors to buy and sell senior homes. Um, But a lot of what it is, since it's a startup company, is sort of engaging in in figuring out the solutions of how to best work 
as a team, especially in remote um, world. <laughs> so yeah. what's the path of least resistance that we can get a deal done? Um, and I love that. And so, you know, making templates is, you know, just basic organization is something that I, I feel like calms my mind um, mm -hmm. and enables me to sit back and think more which is really what I love to do, which comes into the intellection, my last strength. The arranger is great and it helps everyone, but personally it allows me to think, which, so it's a, um, it's a, uh, what's it called? It's not the end all, um, arranger isn't the end all be all. It's, it's the thing that gets me to the end all be all, which is really oh, empathy goodness. and intellection and connecting with others. And so, I love to be able to streamline things so that I am able to think more <laughs> and process mm -hmm. alone more. Um, and so an election has really looked like, you know, diving into some heavy theory of senior housing market economics that I never learned in school that I really like learning about or, um, you know, wanting to uh ask the big questions about why are we here? How did God create the world? Like, is the big bang real? Like all of those you know, super <laughs> highlight questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Esoteric topics thrill me. And so I think arranger is paired with the intellection and then that the arranger helps me be the intellect. So mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. I was just reading um, something in um, the book strength based Leadership, which um, is a great book for anyone to pick up to understand a little bit more about strengths and how they show up at work. But I was looking at intellection and there was an interesting line. It says people with intellection, like you said, have a lot of deep thoughts and um, like to have robust conversations about all different kinds of things. But a lot of times other people might like to join into that, into that. And so they, the person with intellection could enjoy that, but, or other people might want someone else to do the thinking for them. And so it's kind of like, sort of like someone really likes to think a lot, or maybe mm -hmm. they don't like to think a lot. I've never really thought about it that way. Yeah. I think, um, you know, in I'm single and I think in dating, um, it's something that I really highly value um, in my significant other is to be able to debate and to be able to really think about big things together. Because mm -hmm. if I really want a partner, I really need to be intellectually stimulated. And that's something that I didn't ever realize was important for me um, until, you know, the last year. So it's been, it's been good to kind of tap into that and say, hmm, that's something that I'm naturally inclined to. It's not a weird thing that I like to ask the big questions. It doesn't mean that I'm necessarily, you know, meant for the seminary or theological, you know, you know, I'm not meant to perhaps to become a pastor, but it doesn't mean that I can't ask those questions and think about those, especially yeah. with my significant other. And I think, yeah, I think this past year has been really great to understand that that's just something that I like to do. Yeah. Well, so as you've talked about your strengths and realizing, okay, maybe what you were doing in New York wasn't really utilizing your strengths in the most enjoyable way, maybe for you. So, so it sounds like it was a pretty big decision to make a change and 
try this different job. How has that been for you? Yeah. Um, huge change. Uh, well, physically from New York to the beach of San Diego is just a massive change, but at the same time, um, the job itself. So I, I was really struggling with letting go of Cushman and and that job just because it was so secure. I knew that I was valued there. I really loved the people that I was working with. Um, but the pace was daunting. I think everyone in New York who's lived there can understand that it's just go, go, go. Um, and at the time I didn't really care. I felt like I was numb to my emotions and I was just, I was cranking out work and that was my life. And it was great <laughs> at the time. Um, mm-hmm. but then COVID, yeah, COVID really shook things up. And when you take, when you took the people out of it and I was no longer allowed to sort of be, you know, shoulder to shoulder with the people that I loved at work, it really got me focused on, okay, this work. What do, what do I like about this work? When you strip everything else out, all the cool things about living in New York and you're just in Georgia in the middle of the woods, still technically <laughs> doing your job um, on a by yourself. computer, yeah, by yourself, you really get to thinking, hmm, is this the work that I actually like? I love all the other added benefits of the company was incredible and the place was incredible, but is this work valuable to me? Mm-hmm. And is this what I want to be doing? And is this my purpose? And I just the more I thought about that and the more I asked God for help, the more and more I realized, no, uh, this is great. And someone else will be excellent at this job. Um, but it's not going to be me. And yes, hard work beats talent, but I'm not naturally talented and I'm no longer wanting to work at this. (laughs) Um, and I, and I, I just, I really cared about trying to find something that I felt like was meaningful and fulfilling for me. And it just came down to, you know, me thinking to myself, what around who and around what makes me the most happiness, makes me the most happy. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I just asked myself that question, not because we're, you know, we're called to like find happiness. God, gives us joy, even in the midst of darkness. But I think I, I wanted to just ask myself that, you know, lightheartedly, which just led me to this, you know, no, Devin, you are created to be around the elderly and to help them and to figure Mm -hmm. their needs out and help them, you know, live their last days, uh, productively and, um, fulfilling, you know, and bestowing wisdom where they can, because I feel like a lot of them aren't able to talk to their families a lot, or they're not able to tell the younger generation kind of what they learned. So there's a lack of, you know, passing the baton on. I feel very strongly about um, that the older generation wants to pass the baton on uh, about what they learned in their life. And I specifically think that millennials, we are very caring, um, but we forget that we have to reach out and grab that baton. And so Mm -hmm. I think I really just got, you know, bestowed with this great vision of creating my own nursing home model. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like in the future. And my company is super supportive of if I ever want to, you know, 
do development or help them do development or anything like that. It's been a great company to sort of get my feet wet into the entire industry. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it all started when I slowed down. <laughs> mm. Gosh, that's so encouraging just to hear just the process that you've been through and just your um, courage to, to take steps and make changes. And I mean, to me, it sounds like you're really on the path of embracing your strengths, which this podcast is about. How would you, how would you say that is for you? Do you feel like that is something that you're doing or in the process of embracing your strengths? Hmm. I mean, I think we're all in the process and we'll never arrive. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I definitely think that this is way more me and it feels way more in line with what, who God wants me to be um, mm-hmm. than numbing and sort of not asking myself the hard questions of, is this something that I actually want to be doing? I think that was um, great for a time and it's, it's given me perspective, but it's definitely not somewhere where anyone really wants to be. Um, I don't think anyone wants to just be going to their nine to five, clocking in, clocking out and sort of emotionally drained by the end of the day. Um, so I, yeah, I think, um, I, I haven't arrived. I love my new job and I'm really getting a chance to really tap into the to the context and the arranger qualities that I love. And it's also given me a lot of chances to slow down um, and sort of get to imagine what the future might hold and uh, for senior housing and um, all that good stuff. I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity to sort of experiment, you know, with my new strength. So, well, it's, it's so fun to think about, um, even just like the things that you've mentioned, all the things of what these strengths look like in your life. But I think just seeing the, um, just the wisdom and um, thoughts and just even expertise you have just in business and all the things that you've been doing and that you studied. But um, so just the ability to really, to be on the front lines in business like that, but just your people strengths of your empathy and your developer and really kind of the context that kind of envelops those also as you kind of kind of connect more with older people or any anybody, but just it's like you're um, it's an avenue for you as you um, make relationships with people to to really understand them and not just have ideas in your head, but you're really you have just a great breadth of um, just just so many great ways to tap into people and having vision and ideas and being able to move those forward. So it's really, I don't know, I'm just excited for you to see how all this will unfold in the years to come as you are just open and willing to be be where God wants you to be and take take steps and whatever that might be. So it's I'm excited for you. Well, thanks. And you and Strength Finders has been um, just like critical <laughs> in mm. sort of the shift. Um, and I think God definitely used Strength Finders for me to sort of get in line with this, you know, who he wants me to be. And I think um, 
it's it's kind of like this for everything, but specifically who God made you to be is sometimes you're you don't realize, you know, what you're good at. And I think um especially in the few years out of college, it's really difficult to understand what you're good at because you feel like you haven't tried anything yet, you know. Um but you don't have to try something to know what you might want to do. And all you have to do is know who you are and then ask God to reveal sort of what that might look like in your day to day. Um, but it all kind of starts with understanding yourself and what makes your heart tick. Yeah. And, and God wants that for us. Like he really wants us to, to know who, who he created us to be. And I think strength finders is just the perfect avenue for that for sure. For me, at least. Well, I, I think so too. And just, I do think that it's something that, that we can all kind of understand. And I think wherever a person is, if they're young or they're old or whatever kind of career or not career they're in, just that it's a, it's a level playing field of like, what's, what's good about you. And, Mm -hmm. and as we know, just tapping into knowing that God created each one of us individually just for his purposes. And it's just a delight when we can see, see what that is and really step into that and make more, more of our life founded on that and doing those things that bring us joy and can bless other people in the process too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, um, one last question I have for you is, um, what has brought joy lately or put a smile on your face? Oh, <laughs> um, I think connecting with friends. Um, community is super important, but especially in quarantine, you don't get to see them. And especially when you move across the country, like I have, you um, find yourself wanting to talk but not being able to physically talk to your friends and and going on walks with your friends and all of those things that, um, you know, uh, enable you to connect. Um, But I think getting on the phone with people and FaceTiming my friends has been something that I haven't always done a great job at, um, especially in New York when I didn't feel like I had the time. But now I feel like I have the time and I am so grateful. And I think, um, yeah, just getting to talk to to friends that know me and um, want the best for me and are very, very able and willing to call out lies that I'm believing about my own life. And um, it's just been a great blessing during quarantine to be able to slow down and, and get to connect with people that I had been putting on the back burner, frankly, since I was in New York. So, um, yeah, I think just talking to my friends has put... Mm yeah, a lot of joy back into my life. That's great. It, isn't it amazing just how connecting with someone can just turn your day around? Well, Devin, thank you so much just for sharing just about your journey and just what these strengths are looking like in your life. And I, I know that it will be um, helpful, hopefully for someone that has any of these strengths or um, maybe know someone that has them. And so I appreciate just you giving a little more more insight as to what they look like and even how it's shaped kind of your steps and your journey in your career. So thanks for taking time out and talking with me. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I love being able to talk about this stuff. So there's my intellect. 
Yes. Well, thanks so much. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.